and I get to see him in all of you. And there's nothing more beautiful than God's people. Praise is beautiful among God's people. And when we praise and worship the Lord together, there's just something beautiful about that. Um, I know I only asked Susie out after she saw me in church because I was so much better looking here and my odds were increased. I just want to encourage you young people, praise Jesus, people will love you. All right, that's your takeaway for today, young people. Did you write that down, Candace? Okay, all right, super. Well, you don't need as much help as I do, so I don't know why you'd have to write that down. Ben, you need to write that down. All right. <clears throat> I'm so funny, aren't I? That's what you get for sitting up here close, you guys. Uh, you should, I should reward you for that instead of taking advantage of that. I'd like you to turn with me this morning to the book of Mark, where we're continuing uh, a message on the different soils that Jesus talked about in a parable. It's, it's pretty amazing that he would break this out with such a multitude of people that this is the message he chose to speak to the multitudes. There were times he spoke in private to smaller crowds. This was a gigantic uh, crusade. Thousands of people came to hear him. And in the book of Mark, chapter 4, uh, by the way, uh, our title for today is People Are Meant to Have an Epic and Fruitful Life. Do you know that about yourself? That God didn't design you for his own um, motives. It, well, they were. His motives were to bless you. His motives are, it's just like a parent loves when children thrive in your home. That, that, that's what lights you up. It doesn't light you up if they become your little servants and they're miserable. That, that doesn't bring you glory as a parent, nor joy, really, if you're normal. Normal parents love their children to have an epic life and to be fruitful in their life. I mean, it, don't most of your parents want that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, they're being respectful and loving and kind to you, of course. And, of course, if they're not loving and kind and honoring to you, they won't have a long, good life, the Bible says. So you want to teach them respect and love for you because it gives them a long, good life. But people are meant by God to have an epic and fruitful life. And in the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus is breaking out one of the great keys of how to have an epic, fruitful life. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him. So that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Hey, listen up. I have something really important to tell you. A farmer, a sower, went out to sow in the field. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. That's the soil we're going to talk about today. Going on, though, so you hear some good soil stories. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. But other seed fell into good soil and produced grain, produced fruit, growing up and increasing and yielding 
30 times itself, 60 times itself, 100 times the fruit that was put into it. Pretty amazing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you that it brings life, that it's the bread of life, that we can't live by what the world offers alone, but we live by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. Today, Father, open our hearts and our ears to hear a specific personal message to our life in Jesus' name. And everybody's... Wow, that was a powerful prayer. Holy cow, I just blew the system. Did I do something? Because I never want to do that again. This whole parable of the soil reminds me of a story I heard of an older man who raised his son to plant a garden with him every spring, and that was their thing. They would go in the backyard, plant a garden, but the father couldn't quite put all his um, morals and values into his son, and his son got thrown in prison. And the day came when he hadn't planted a garden for a while, and he just missed his garden, and he texted his boy and said, I'm really going to miss you this year. I, I, need, I want to plant a garden, but I'm getting older, and the ground is so hard. I started, and I just had to stop. It was just way too hard in the backyard now, and too many rocks. And I just wish you were here. Well, his son texts back and said, Dad, whatever you do, don't dig around in the backyard. That's where the bodies are buried. Four in the morning, the FBI shows up and begins to just tear this guy's place to pieces, and they're searching all over. And by noon, they haven't found any bodies. They're discouraged. They're kind of confused. They, they drive off. And just then, the man gets a text from his son, Dad, you can plant your garden now. This is the best I could do under the circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> so where there's a hard soil there's a way okay we're done just write that down and go be on your way be fed be merry be you are meant to have an epic and fruitful life Jesus goes on and explains the scripture we're going to talk about, the soil that's on hard ground and rocky ground, and these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. But what's wrong? They have, say, no root in themselves. And say, that's not me. All right, good. Uh, I hope you meant that. But endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, they immediately fall away. Now what you need to understand in this story, that they don't immediately fall away, they can endure for a while. So this, this plays out in Christians' lives all across the board on immediately falling away after they accept Christ or accepting Christ and doing great until all of a sudden persecution, hardness comes, then they fall away immediately. It doesn't mean that you go to church camp, come Monday, you fall away. That can happen. But a lot of times what happens is your life is great, and then all of a sudden you hit a valley and you walk away. And he says you do it immediately when there's no root in your life. Um, to redact this scripture out, here's the key that I want you to have for a takeaway. No root in ourselves or themselves, but endure for a while. Well, let's get to the root of the problem here. Number one, we have a dependence on external things. We haven't focused the internal, we focus on 
our environment, our conditions. You might be raised in a Christian home and live a Christian life, but in reality, parents, you know, if the kids don't find their own Bible, find their own prayer, find their Jesus, you know, God doesn't have any grandchildren, right? So if your kids don't get born again, they don't have a written themselves. And if you're not careful and prayerful as a parent, you'll think them following along your lifestyle is they're actually living it. But, you know, as parents, good parents will dig a little deeper in a kid's life. Find out. Now, we're not talking three and four years old. They come to church with you, go to Sunday school. There's a time when a little tree is at its critical moment. You do brace it so the roots can get established. You don't throw two and three and four-year-olds into a persecuted situation and expect them to make it. But you brace the tree when it's young. But over time, if you don't remove those braces, what happens to the root system of that tree? After all the winds have blown, the tree's never had to support itself. It just leans on the braces. And we had a tree at home that I did that with, and the winds were so severe during the winter that I hadn't realized the tree had actually established its own roots and the braces really just chafed the bark right off the sides of the tree. I thought, oh man, it didn't need those braces. It did worse bracing it at that point than if I'd have just taken them off. Because by the winter they'd fallen down to the base of the tree anyway, weren't supporting it. So the tree was able to stand a little sooner than I thought. Now you as parents pray about that, be prayerful. Every child's different. God gave your child to you, so you have authority to see into their life and ask, okay, God, where are they at? What do they need? How much rope do we give them? How much rope do we pull back? When do we give them a checkbook? When do we never give them money? Uh, you know, those kind of things. Uh, that's on you as a parent to pray through that process. But the, re the reality is you're not raising children. You're raising adults, right? And, and as a coach teacher, I had to remember that. I'm raising these people to have roots within themselves so that if I fall off the face of the planet, they're going to hold strong. That if church blows up and I'm a Joseph and I get shipped to Egypt, I'm a church of one and I can stand. If I'm a Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and we have a church of four, that's enough because we have roots within ourselves. You must find a way to have roots in yourself. You ultimately can't depend on external sources your parents, your family, your school, your work, your Christian events. I, I really want you to pray through when you send your kids to Christian school. Understand the, the, the goal is that they have roots for themselves. If they can only be a Christian at a Christian school and you put them in the public school and they fall, that tells you they don't have their own roots, right? And that doesn't mean that you can't put them in Christian school. Just be aware you're trying to grow their roots for themselves and don't be fooled that they're Christian when they're around Christian kids and you can't let them out of your sight otherwise. Of course, that's a dilemma for all parents and none of you play it perfect and none of you were raised by perfect parents, but here you are, wonderful, perfect people. So God's got a lot of slop in the system for parents. He doesn't ask for perfect parents. You can't be perfect, but be aware that one of the things in our DNA is we want our kids to be able to survive in the world, just not be of the world. And that requires that we develop our roots. So young people, you've got to find your own Bible. And you've got to read your Bible. You've got to talk to Jesus for yourself. We ask young people all the time to give their testimony. We say this, if they were raised in church, when did Jesus become Lord of your life and not your parents only? In other words, if your parents quit going to church, you knew you'd made a commitment, you were still going to stay in the God. 
When did that happen? And, and you find that they, they know somewhere in there. Yeah, it was church camp this year. Man, during this time in my life or at youth group, I made a decision. It didn't matter what, you know, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Though none go with me, I will follow. That's a critical point in children's life and in young Christians' lives. And again, parents, don't think I'm critical because Susie and I know we're the only people that have raised perfect children in this church because we don't have any. So we're not critical. We're not judging. We're just saying, isn't it true of children and young Christians? They have to develop their own belief system, their own faith based on the word of God, based on the anchor of God and Jesus. Many Christians, you find, will follow excitement, will follow the latest, greatest. Uh, in Kellogg, we call them grasshopper sheep. If one church is having a revival, a bunch of them would shift over there and go until the excitement wore down. Then another church would have, they'd go over here. and We could, re we could recognize that in a small community. But it always concerns me when, a parent, when Jesus says, when somebody says, I'm here or I'm there, don't go. Jesus is here. Jesus is there. Do you not know Christ is within you in your own roots? You don't have to chase the greatest, latest. If you just get in your prayer closet, you might have your own revival. Wouldn't that be awesome? And that doesn't mean you're exclusive and nobody else gets to play. You want to include others in your faith. You want to encourage others in your faith. You don't want to be an island. But a famous preacher once quoted... When the tornado of excitement is over, many Christians drop to the earth like dead things. I'm going to repeat that, and it's none of you because you're here in the house of the Lord and you're serving God. But this is part of the root system when you recognize somebody doesn't have roots in themselves. When the excitement tornado dies down, you don't want to be the thing that drops out of the sky dead. You want to have your own wings. You want to have your own roots. You want to grow in the Lord. Are we chameleons who change colors with our surroundings? Those external things. Of course, we're in, we've all got to have church. I am cold without you. It's tougher to stay warm in the Lord without other Christians. We do need fellowship. We do need each other. We can get discouraged, and we need a word of affirmation. Absolutely. But it comes from people who have roots in themselves and can produce fruit for you. And then it's your turn someday. Two are better than one because when one is cold, you're supposed to be warm. You know, it's your turn to, to give from the fruit of your own life and out of the word and, and prayer. Because you are meant to have an epic life and a fruitful life. You're meant for that. Well, other problems is when we're missing essential nutrients. You know, a seed has life in itself, doesn't it? If it's a healthy seed, there's enough energy to break through the husk and spring forth a little green thing and little tiny roots start to hit out, and it's all self-supported in that seed's germ life, right? But that doesn't last very long. If it doesn't immediately start to get something out of the soil itself from outside itself, so to speak, from that, uh, the nutrients outside, it's brief and limited source of strength to spring up quickly, but then has no root inside itself. And the Bible says they only endure for a while. 
Hmm, what a sad phrase, just for a while. We're excited about our marriage for a while. We're excited about our new job for a while. We're excited about my life for a momentary while. Excited for the spirituality going on around us and the revival for a while. We love Jesus during church camp for a while. We belong to a church for a while. Our society is full of for a whiles. Hmm. We need better internal roots, don't we, as a society? We're losing our anchor in so many ways. And that's not the first time in the world this has happened where people negate the word of God as the anchor to their soul. People are beginning to separate God's word from the actual presence of God. You'll hear people say, oh yeah, God loves me, Jesus loves me. But now if God could go back and rewrite the Bible, he would have evolved and changed what he said back there. Because God evolves with the people. Well, yeah, if you made up God in your mind, then he will evolve with people. But if God is God and he always will be God, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever, you cannot separate him from the anchor of his word. There's a wise man who heard what Jesus said and built his house upon what Jesus said 2,000 years ago. And he's like a man when the storms of life come, boy, his foundation goes deep, his root system goes deep, and though the storm be great, and shakes everything to its foundation, his foundation will stand because on Christ the solid rock, I stand. The word of God is an amazing anchor that the enemy is chipping away on just like he did with Adam and Eve. You know, it's funny how the devil doesn't have to have it. He's a one-pony circus. You know what he said to Eve when he wanted her to shake off of her foundation and the anchor of her soul? What did God tell you? She tells him. Did God really mean that? You know, when God says in the Old Testament, you know, don't commit adultery, yeah, but does he really mean that today in our society? It's the same old song, same old third verse, 53rd verse. Does God really mean what he says here? Because I think he's evolved away from this now. You'll hear that. Yeah, well, God's, he's, if you believe in God and love Jesus and, and the enemy can talk you into God's still a good God and he's morphing with society. Isn't he a wonderful God? He's just following us. You know, we're the horse and he's the trailer somehow. That shakes your root system. If the enemy can say, God didn't really mean that because the word of God is your anchor. It's your roots. And if you aren't steeped in it, you'll serve him for a while. You'll have anchors for a while. But do you know, you are meant to have an epic and fruitful life. Isn't it awesome? I'm just going to briefly touch on these other two. And if you're running a, a, a small group, I would just encourage you, we've got our small groups going. You've got a brochure there that explore those, get in a small group, and it will develop your root system as you study the Bible together, encourage each other. It's meant to have you take home something in your heart and you meditate on it, and it feeds your soul even when you're not there. So 
We live by every word that proceeds out of God, and, and he speaks to us through people, and he speaks through us through his word. And I would encourage you, if you're running a small group where you talk about the messages before, you've got four points here today. Here's the first three, and the, the third one is roots are not visible. Everything you do to really develop your root system, people may never see. You up at three in the morning with your baby. Who's giving you credit, mothers, for that? And yet it puts something in you. I know it does. I just see mothers mature and fathers mature. I was talking to a young dad today. It's fun, but it's not easy. But that shakes your root system. You know, when you transplant a plant, a lot of times the best thing you can do is just, they say, score it. You take it out of the pot, it's root bound. You just cut it with an X-Acto knife or a utility knife and you break up the roots and you stick it. It seems like a cruel thing to do, but it just shakes the root system so it can grow and it doesn't get root bound. We get into our own little worlds and never want to grow, never want to do anything new, never want to do anything hard, never do anything exciting. Just stay comfortable and you'll get root bound. God wants to cut you up sometimes, shake you up, put you in new soil and get rid of that thing that's inhibiting your life and give you a child when you don't expect it. And, and shut a door so he can open a window. And you've been in this little box thinking it's your whole world and you're comfortable and all of a sudden he starts squeezing in the box more and more and more and he shuts the door and you have to climb out a window and you find there's a whole new world. But it just cuts you up and it beats you up and you're shaken to the core, but... That may be what grows you as a person, as a Christian. When you read your Bible at home, well, nowadays we have, what, you version, and you can, you know, share what you've read, and, and it's good to encourage one another, but the reality is most of your root system is developed when you read your Bible, and nobody knows. You pray in that prayer closet. Jesus even encouraged his followers. Don't pray on the street corners where you get credit for it, where people see. But if you'll go to your prayer closet, your roots will go down deep. It'd be hard to shake you in life because your roots are there. I mean, it's funny how we are to pull up at a stoplight, like Dave Ramsey says, to be in the nice, big, expensive, rich car to impress the guy next to us we'll never see again. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're paying 500 bucks a month and our babies are going without diapers. You know, it's just a weird... You know, when you're private, it, it's, something's missing this. The substance isn't out there what, where people see. The substance is what you do between you and Jesus, just you and him, and how you serve him and are faithful to him in the house of the Lord and in all your aspects of your life. So many of you serve Jesus behind the scenes because you got deep roots, and they just get deeper when you go set up the gym for ladies' meeting, and nobody saw, didn't know how those tables got there, didn't know how the... Thing got decorated, but we all benefited by somebody doing something that nobody knows about. I love to say to Christian people, you know, there's a negative saying when people do rotten things, they would say, you're not going to get away with that. But isn't God like the kind of God that when you're really just serving him and nobody sees that I say to people, you know, God's not going to let you get away with that. He's going to bless you. When nobody's around to see it, when Joseph is in the dungeon and there's nobody around to see He's serving God faithfully. God was putting his roots so deep that he could run an entire nation. One of the things about the roots that you can't see, there are um, a funny story when we did phase one here and we built the lobby. There was like four months where nothing was happening, it looked like. They were digging holes. They were bringing in concrete trucks. Really exciting stuff. You know, you'd look out there, bare dirt. 
And then all of a sudden, once they got done with the foundations, things just sprung up. Do I need to switch? Okay, can you hear me better? Okay, I've got to start all over back to slide. Well, not really, I won't do that. <laughs> That's so funny. It just scared half of you. Like, no. Nah. Okay. <clears throat> and we had two contractors working together, and the first contractor was in charge of the foundation, and the second one was in charge. He was doing other work, and when the foundation got done, he sweeped in, and all his, uh, you know, sheet rockers and framers came in, and it just sprung up, and it was like, woohoo! Then everybody started cheering, patting him on the back, and the other contractor goes, great. I spent four months, and I did the hardest part of the job, and nobody noticed, and we laughed. And it's true. The foundation is very unromantic. But, oh, I'm so glad they spent time, and we actually spent probably as much or more money on the foundation and the stuff that was underground to make sure that it doesn't crack, fall over in the big winds. Your life's like that. I'll tell young ministries, young youth pastors, you know, we're like a tall sailing ship. If you ever see the three-masted tall sailing ships, man, talk about romantic. They're just awesome. I got to go as a sailor dude ranch experience. Susie sent me out on the uh, North Atlantic in a tall sailing ship called the HMS Rose. It was in a movie after that. It was pretty cool. And it went up 125 feet in the main mast, and the sail that it spread out was huge. Uh, the USS Constitution is the oldest Navy ship in America still uh, commissioned, and it's a tall sailing ship, and it was even bigger than the ship I was on. We toured the USS Constitution, Old Ironsides. Its main mast sail would take up as much flooring as an NBA basketball floor. Wow is right, and you see that thing in full sail. In fact, it could put a spread of sails on them more than any other fighting ship in its day. It, it beat up the British, it could beat anybody. It was just awesome. Undefeated champion of the sailing world. And it had a spread of canvas that was beautiful. Well, we got to tour it and got a special tour from a Navy guy. We got to go down into the very bowels of the USS Constitution, way down deep in the ship. And what people don't see is that for every pound above the water, you have to have a pound below the water. For every force above the water that blows, you have to have that much force. And you know what they use? Ugly rocks, big pieces of lead. It's the ugliest stuff you ever saw, but it's heavy. It's not glamorous, it's not romantic. And I tell young people, if you don't have enough rock in your bottom, your ministry sales will just blow you over. Everything people see, the flash, the wonder, the song, the singing, the lights, the this, the that, if you don't have character in your ballast, you'll weeble, you know, you wobble and you'll fall down. You just will collapse under the weight of the ministry. And so what God does is send all his leaders into a wilderness experience to put lead in their bottom. Every major leader in the Bible went into the wilderness where nobody could see where they got lead in their bottom. And once they were strong deep down inside in their root system, God let the fruit then begin to show in the leaves. I had a pastor one time says, when you go into the wilderness, learn your lessons out there where nobody sees. Because if you don't learn them out there, you come here and learn them where everybody does see. So roots are invisible. They're below the surface. You don't see them. The last one is no root, no fruit. There's a story in Mark 8 about the weirdest miracle there is. Jesus 
prays for this blind guy. He spits in his eye, by the way, which is not a formula for healing people. If you're just one, you better know it was God. And Jesus asks this question. He goes, what do you see? And he goes, I see men as trees walking. What a weird phrase. So he prayed for him again. The guy could see. But that phrase, I see trees as men walking, could be you and I. No roots, no fruits. If you transplant a tree, transplant a tree, transplant a tree, if it's an apple, pear, you'll kill the fruit. It it cannot be transplanted. I want to encourage you parents that you're often the rock in the kid's bottom when they're younger and even as they get older. That if you stay firmly planted, I've watched this. My grandma and grandpa came to church here by themselves. None of the other family members were coming here for years. Until 1972, 15 years later, in 1972, I went up to youth camp and God began to place something in my spirit. And I began to get committed and got filled with the Holy Spirit. And God just lit me up. And I walked into the church for the first time on my own, got my own root system at 16 years of age. My grandma and grandpa had their first relative come back. But guess where I decided to go to church? Where they had been going. They held the spot. They kept their roots. Good, bad times. And, and really, you know where the name legacy comes from, don't you? Is the men and women of God who have stayed by this stuff all these years, and now they're bearing fruit. And they want to share that with you. And many of you, I want to encourage you, you were serving the Lord out there before we saw you, and we see the fruit in your life, and we see the roots that nobody else sees. That if you come here for the first time, because God has moved you to our area, God's moved on your heart, we want you to know that just because we didn't see God put the root system there doesn't mean you don't get credit for it. I'll never remember talking to a member that had left and went away and, and went through a terrible, tremendous growing time in her life, and she wanted to come back to church. She goes, Pastor, I just want somehow to tell everybody I'm not the same person as when I left 15 years ago. I'm different now. I've grown. I know they can remember me as this, but I'm no longer that. I hope they can see me as a new person with deeper roots. How many would love that if people would say, I know you're not a kid anymore? I I know that. I know God has put roots in you. I know you're a new creation in Christ, and God has just made you into who he's made you. But, you know, people can't see that experience. They can't see your roots, and sometimes you don't get credit for it. I'll go places, and they say, how long have you been a pastor? And, you know, I'll say, well, I've been at Meridian so many years. Oh, so your first, no, no. That was because of the 24 years in the wilderness that led up to that, that I'm here. Things that you didn't get to see that if I hadn't have, and I didn't pass the test the first time, thank God you weren't around to watch. But God spent 24 years on Susie and I chiseling us just to be able to walk into this place. So my first year here was number 25 for me. And the pastors were hiring. It's not their first year, else we wouldn't have hired them. But you don't see their roots. But the same goes for you. When they walked in here, some of you had been here planted roots down for 25 years, and I hear them all the time giving credit to you. I know they've got a deep root system. We've got to be able to give each other credit for what man doesn't see. 
that Jesus put into us when nobody was watching. Isn't that awesome? And a lot of you are going to serve and nobody will know it, and God will get even with you for it. Just keep that in mind. He's going to get even with you. If you haven't recognized it yet, (laughs) you are meant to have an epic and fruitful life. And the way we get our roots is Jesus in you is the actual root and anchor in your life. But his root in us only grows strong from the weight brought by the private, hidden practice of talking and walking with Jesus. With the personal time spent reading God's word, acts of worship, praise, generosity, and service to Jesus, and all this when no one is watching. Hmm. Character. Stability. deep soil you are meant to have an epic and fruitful life you are meant to have such deep roots that you are sure and stable in who God has made you to be not a chameleon same color everywhere you go the color of Christ you are meant to have such deep roots that you don't do anything for just a while but you can be faithful and full of faithfulness That doesn't mean that you can't hear the voice of God to change jobs, to go to college, to do those things that God calls you to do. We're not talking about those kind of things. But you have endurance to do the hard. You're determined, you are grounded, you're settled and anchored to a fruitful life. And finally, you have such deep roots that Jesus is at your core, prayer is at your core, Bible is at your core, and worship is at your core. There's nothing shallow or unstable in you. Whether you've never met Jesus or you've known him for 50 years, Jesus wants to take everything shallow and unstable out of your life. Because you are meant to have an epic and fruitful life. I'd like to pray for you right now if I could. Whether you're new to Christ, whether you're older, if you want your roots to go deeper and you have the courage to ask Jesus in to begin to shake up your life in a way that builds you to bear much fruit, I want you to just pray with me right now as I pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you (laughs) that your design on us is for good and not for evil, for a future and for a hope, that you want us to have an epic and fruitful life, Lord. Father God, I pray right now for this people, no matter where they're at in their life, that, Father, you begin to, you begin, oh God, to minister to them at a deep level and grow their roots, Father. Grow their roots. Grow our roots. Make us, oh Father, deep-rooted, strong in the gospel, that we'll be rooted and grounded in the love of Christ, that The mystery will be revealed that it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. That, Father, when we go out into the world, that we'll stand strong and the winds will only cause our root system to become stronger. That our young people, oh God, will be able to go into their public schools and their private schools and wherever they go, Father, and that their root system will just get bigger and grow stronger. And we'll have young people today, Father, that'll have deeper roots than we had at their age. Father, let our ceiling be their floor, Lord. And Father, bless them as they stand strong in you, Father, against the winds of today. That we aren't just a fort, Father, but we're a force out in our world. That we'll take the kingdom of God into the earth 
because we have fruitfulness in our boughs. We have leaves that people can see and, and be encouraged by and drawn to. And Father, you'll just cause fruit to grow on us so even the weak will walk by, Father. That even the weak will walk by at our work and our schools, wherever we're at, and we'll be able to partake of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our life because we have root systems that produce this fruit for the world around us, God. We thank you, Jesus. We welcome you in today in Jesus' name. I'd like you to stand with me as we close in worship.